John Sheezer, I'm here. Eric Marino. Eric. No, I gotta tell you about the Clippers. Sportsaholics, I gotta. Let's just hope this shit doesn't go viral. Eddie Juice, Johnny Pesky, Thornton Lee, Roy Campanella, Van All right, she's the interesting thing about that song is the lyrics are entirely made up of baseball players from the 1940s. Did you know that, Cheezer? I did not know that. I actually, that song's by David Frischberg. Yeah, Van Lingo Mungo, and that then his name is said five times, I think, because it has the most musical name. I mean, that Van Lingo Mungo. And this is, a, like, okay. Listeners, Baseball by the Book is a podcast. If you're a baseball fan, definitely check Even it out. Even if you're not. It's, uh, but that's kind of, I got this song from that epi- a recent episode of that show where the, it's, the whole episode's called uh, Nuclear Powered Baseball. Um, he has on Emily Hawks. She wrote a book about the that episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns brings in everyone, Steve Sachs, you know, Shave your sideburns, Mattingly, Griffey, Wade right. Boggs, all that, you know. So, anyway, but this the song was crazy because I'd never heard it. I thought, you know, everyone's heard, say, hey, hey, Willie, that job yeah. talking is great. Hey. You know, like, that's what, 40s, late 40s, little happy swing dance, say, hey, kids song. And then you've got, you know, your John Fogarty's, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. You know, Sheezer, I'm just gonna have to. I'm gonna say this, Sheezer. Since you went to, since you finally saw New York City, you're more jazzy. You can see it in your song selections. This is more. This is more New York Sheezer. This is New York. You're back in the New York crew. Myself from last week because I said driving through New York was the best jazz has ever sounded until I heard this song about <laughs> random baseball players from the 1940s. It all came together. Because I didn't know. I didn't know anything about this guy. Um, Van Lingo Mungo, but sure as hell. Crazy story. Tell the tell everybody the crazy Van Lingo Mungo. Well, he's story. a small town. Yeah. Turns out he's a small town guy from South. He Carolina. is just a small he's town boy. Guys, Living sorry, my, in a small town. My headphones are down, so I don't mean to cut you off because I can't really hear you that deep into my headphones. So if I cut you off, I apologize, Eric. You keep going. I'm just punctuating what you're saying. Oh, okay, okay. Apologize to listeners for that uh, fiasco. No, he's, we he's, apologize. he's one of the small town guys that grows up and then goes back to die in Pageland, South Carolina. I find that a lot um, in looking up old baseball players. They tend to right. They grow up in these small farming communities and they all kind of go back there, um, you know, open up a grocery store in uh, a Mungo's case. Shop. Yeah, he op- opens up the, a movie theater, but he, I, I, he was crazy. Oh, right. the 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 oh yeah the the ball theater. That's what he opens up. Sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to figure out this fucking headphones thing. It's killing me. Uh, Just keep going. Just you sound fine. No, no, it's I can't. It's annoying as shit because I can't ever. Uh, I can't hear anything you're saying. So it's it kind of it makes it hard to converse. But the guy was crazy as shit. He was dumb enough to go to Cuba, getting like apparently hook up with some guy's wife that ha- that owned machetes and knives, and then the Dodgers. Uh, one of, as the story goes, Babe Hamburger 
smuggled him out in a laundry cart, which that's a crazy story. But I think an even crazier story is that there was a Dodgers executive one time named Babe Hamburger. Yeah, Babe Hamburger. Great name. Laundry cart. Great. But there it is. Van Lingo Mungo. David Frischberg. There you go. That's that concludes today's jazz segment. Thank you for listening. I forgot that. You know, it's like when you do those jazz tours, when you do the blue note tours around uh, you know, Missouri, Mississippi. I go wherever you the do. money is. I would say the fans, but those are sparsely scattered at the moment. Uh, do you I'm have any do you, put in your plugs right now? Why don't you put in some plugs right now? You have any like, upcoming shows? Um Big one uh, where I'm at, I'm going to be doing 25 minutes. Davey Wester, good friend of both of ours, doing about 45. Uh, this that's at Hoods out in Palmdale. It's um, or no, it's not Palmdale, Palm Desert. It's the exit past Palm Springs. Um, that's September 22nd. Tickets are 15 dollars. 8 p.m. show. But that Tremendous. one I'm actually that's this upcoming Sunday. I'm excited about just. It's not the classic L.A. Here, here's your seven minutes. Have fun. All right. You know, like, yeah, this is great. So, you know, it's an hour and a half, two-hour drive, totally worth it. And it actually pays in more than chili dogs and french fries and gas money. So that's another. It also pays in good times. Yes, by it all. does. So that's Hoods in Palm Desert. The exit past nice. Palm Springs this Sunday, September 22nd, It's where the springs end and the desert begins. Yes. That'll be – we'll talk all about it on next Monday's episode. But uh, what about what about yourself, man? You got to write uh, well, we have stuff a, down I'll be, it to me so I, I can post it up on social media because I always forget to do that. I'll be hosting Taking Chances September 25th at the Broadway Comedy Club on 53rd. And I will be hosting the Wild Wild West Comedy Show Saturday night, October 5th, 11 p.m. at the West Side Comedy Club at 75th and Broadway. That's New York, everybody, because that's right. You're listening to a Sportsaholics where Marino is in New York and the She's is in L.A. 3,000 miles away, we take a weakness, turn it into a, a positive. Uh, Sheezer, I had trouble trying to see my local game today. Because my local cable company that rhymes with Rectrum. Uh, and by the way, happy me. Monday morning, June 16th. Monday morning. September. You guys, you guys, this is like, and I'm just telling 16. you, the Patriots had a great win. I wasn't worried about it. But go. I had this, I just, got, I just got cable put in my apartment. I was very excited to see. I, I, I did my homework, everybody. As a fan, I said, hey, can I watch, you know, the CBS affiliate? And it said on my cable guide patriots dolphins 1 p.m so i wasn't worried i was in the right place i was making myself breakfast and talking with friends you know what i'm saying in the comfort of my own home going to watch the patriots sunday afternoon in my home in new york city i think it's great when suddenly i realize i'm watching the bills and the giants and i understand that the giants are the local team but you think if they're the local team, they tell you that they would be on the local channel instead of trying to bluff me with it that I had a chance of seeing the Patriots. So then I had to walk around, and it was like, I'm telling you, because also, let me tell you guys, walking around New York, when you walk into a very crowded sports bar and the Giants are playing as badly as they did, I walked into one bar, Lansdowne Road on 10th, uh, on 10th Avenue. Uh, the guy 
He screamed uh, a very short, bulky guy in complete Giants gear. As soon as I walked in the back of this bar, just yelled, you can show some heart. That's what you can do. Everyone in the bar became immediately uncomfortable because uh, everyone was just watching their own games. And this guy was just standing by himself and way too into the Giants. And it wasn't that kind of place that anyone else was that serious. Uh. And I immediately, I, I immediately turned around 180, walked right out. I went to three different places. Uh, I actually spent a great time. Let me give a shout-out to Down the Road on 9th Avenue. Danny, very nice people. Their kitchen hasn't opened yet, but they were plentiful with the popcorn. Uh, so buckets of popcorn, they're just waiting. They're brand new. They're waiting for all their permits and kitchens and everything to get turned on. Hopefully next week, maybe we'll have a review of their food. Who knows? Yeah. For some reason, that in, that little scene that you painted there took me back to my brother's bachelor party, um, which was just in Lawrence, Kansas, kind of bar hopping and that sort of thing. But it was mid-late December. All the students are gone, and my brother graduated from, from KU, so he knew a couple people, that, and then I knew a guy that, that owned a bar, so... But we make our way to, at the time, this is also seven, eight years ago, and hipsters were just kind of like in the forefront. Like it was popular, now, you know, the black framed glasses were a dime a dozen by then. Um, hey, I wear black framed glasses. Hey. You know, like Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros are blowing people's minds with their grooves. You know, it's a far out t 2012 we're talking about here. So we walk into this bar. And it's a hipster kind of bartender. They got the foosball tables in the back. And then there's like this, it's like a weird, dark, shadowy corner. It's like a, it, it looked like a book club, but it was too dark to be reading anything. And then no one was really interacting. It was just an interesting situation. So we go in there, have a good sure. time. We order two rounds, go up to the bar the third round. And, and the bartender's giving me lip says we act like we came in there and act like we own the place and i looked around i go there's nobody fucking in here i go and then i just go all right everybody we're out of here fuck this guy and then we just walked out i mean maybe i felt he would, was being a little bit snippety considering it was december 17th on a wednesday on a cold Kansas sure. winner. And I, I'm like, I think that's just a, you happen to be a physically imposing guy. I just want, you know what? And here's the thing we can talk about real quick. No, no, no. This was a Midwest hit. Like this guy was a normal sized guy. He's like a six, six, you know what I mean? Like, no, I'm saying you're a big guy when you come in. Yeah. I mean, we did have like six or seven people, but there was nobody. Uh, it was, I don't, and I don't I'm know. I'm saying why. you're a big person. John, you sometimes don't realize that you have a you come in and you make yourself very at home very quickly. Like you taking off a winter jacket is a big production yeah. to other people, especially to people who are smaller than you. It, that's but I felt like that fucking guy. Like we all came in and that bartender made me made us all feel like that dude for for some reason. But the power of uh, my mind. Let's just lock that away for eight years and wait till a Sportsaholics episode to unravel that. It's, it's all coming out. I mean, dude, it's okay. Like, I'll tell you this. Like, I had to make a choice. Now, let me tell you how you think. So I ended up at this down the road, nice place. There's an open bar stool. There's a – and it's the Patriots. I want to – is this where the Patriots-Dolphins TV is? You know, you have to figure out which one. And every time I walked into a bar – You'd know that the Patriots, Dolphins, they were always – it had to be a commercial every time because I could never find – I walked into three different places and it was never on. It was always a commercial. 
I mean, basically because the Patriots kept scoring, so I really shouldn't complain. But so now I'm sitting down to this woman who, who a very nice woman named Michelle, who's a nurse. But it was, and she's wearing a Patriots thing, but I didn't see that at first. And as soon as I see it, I go, oh, Patriots fan. But then now I'm, and, and I make, I sort of make a quick comment. So, you know, I am also a Patriots fan, but then I have to do the thing where, Hey, we're both Patriot fans. We're both rooting for this team, but it's also like, I don't want to overdo or be, I don't want to be thirsty as a, as a person sitting in a bar, like, Hey, I'm just going to watch my team. We both like the same team. We don't have to be friends or I don't have to get in your life, but I played it cool. And then later on, we became, you know what I mean? Like at the appropriate time, we talked and that was cool. Sometimes people, fans in other, you know what I mean? Like just because you have the right to own a gun doesn't mean you should strap it on and go to Walmart. That's not a good idea. Like I was just realizing if people, if people really, you know, it's like, it's like, I understand you have the right to carry a gun and you do. I mean, I'm from New Hampshire. People carry guns, but the people who then decide to take their gun into Walmart to, you know, test their rights. It's like you just make everyone nervous because then people do actually – there are people who are shooting. Like that's not – you know, it's like be smart. Anyway, I don't mean to get political, but that's – but also I had a, a lot of time to think a lot of political thoughts because the Patriots, uh, Gordon, uh, Antonio Brown, It's I got to come in just as Antonio Brown was scoring his first – uh, touchdown is a Patriot. I love that he's wearing number 17, as you know, 17% funnier. So I could, I could not be more amused that if all the numbers AB would play, of course he would wear 17. Also, my he may be, league basketball number on. Uh, he may be the great. I mean, I got to figure out. He might be one of the greatest 17s. He could be very. This could be very, very devastating. I thought the team looked very good. I'm worried about the uh, injured foot of Isaiah Wynn, our our left tackle. Um, but you know, this is, this is football and it's next man up. Uh, she's, how did things go with your chiefs in Kansas city? And by the way, thank you all us Kansas city chief fans for supporting sportsaholics. Just cause I'm a Patriots fan doesn't mean I don't enjoy beating you in world in AFC championships. That's right. Come on, let's do it again. Chiefs fans. I'm ready. You want to, you want round two. You want to take me down. She's, I know it. But Chris, we, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter because we went through, we, you know, we met back up. But I've, for some reason, that, that Monday Night Football loss from week, whatever, early in the season last year where Chris Jones, like, let's go a Brady because he was afraid he's going to get flagged. Uh, yeah. But I'm looking forward to the rematch, man. Playoffs. It'll be the AFC Championship game. I'm just – You hope it will. Uh, and the Chiefs hopefully after – whatever 50 years super bowl drought hopefully can hey by the way i just want to give a quick shout out to uh the two and oh buffalo bills two and oh buffalo bills I mean, they're right up there with everybody else right now they win in the games put in front of them hey everybody don't snooze on the buffalo bills making it to the playoffs possibly challenging the patriots for the afc east title it's like, you know, things get put together, things happen. Well, I thought I was going to have a little – I was going to slide in with – and they didn't even leave the state of New York. And then I thought for a second, I'm like, wait, the Meadowlands is in New Jersey. But uh, uh, it, is, it is true. I mean, uh, and it was uh, – and I'm telling you guys, if you never get the chance to, to watch football with Giant and Jet fans in their home city while their teams are just – dying on the vine it is it is like the delicious caviar 
of sports, like watching, watching the suffering of other fans is unbelievably delicious. I mean, even seeing that guy, the guy yell, I mean, on the one hand I left cause he immediately made everything uncomfortable. The other reason I, la- I left is cause I knew I was going to burst out laughing. Now, yeah. Are you talking like bald receding hairline guy? You're assuming maybe a taxi driver, like five, eight, about two twenty. And, uh, yeah, but there's just a guy. It's a guy who's got too much repressed anger, and it's like he's letting it out. And he's not. You're not at the stadium. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like he was practically painted blue. He was practically wearing paint, faint, faint, painted face in a bar. You know, it's not Halloween. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit much. Go to the bar where people are doing that. You know, don't just go around right. the block. It wasn't like, I mean, it's also, this is very close to Times Square. I mean, it is a Giants bar. Of course, it's a Giants bar, Giants Jets. Yeah. But it's also like a very, you know, it's, it's how can I put it? Yeah. It's like one no, of those no. space days. It's like, it's like Deep Space Nine where you have to be, you know, it's an international city. Yeah. No, the, you the have to let all the. It's like, oh, that is watching American yeah. football. Oh, this very. Do you know what I'm saying? There's going to be a. There's a family of Browns fans that came and saw Broadway shows this weekend, and now, you know what I mean? They had their big Broadway weekend, and they're Steeler fans, or they're Houston Texan fans, and they're Jacksonville Jaguar fans, and they just want to tuck away before or after, like, the Sunday show, you know, and they want to see a little bit of their hometown team and get a brunch. And they don't need your taxi driver craziness, you know, New York shit, like, right in their face. You know, and by the way, I'm a I'm a I'm a a recovering sportsaholic. I have driven people from my my behavior has driven people from bars. I mean, many people find me charming when I, you know, and other people find me quite offensive, you know, as you know. But I've known to I mean, you know, especially when sports games are involved. I'm very superstitious. There's lots of drinking. You know, it's it's a bit of a the push ups are often involved. Going in and out of the bar at certain times, you know, it's like smoking weed superstitiously. A lot of stuff happens. You know, like, I burnt a shirt on a grill one time because it was a Royals yep. shirt, and that guy was now playing for the Giants. Uh, and they came back and won the game. John Little was blown away by the incident. He goes, "Oh my God, they came back!" I'm like, "Yeah, that's why I burned the shirt." Very superstitious. Oh, 14 run for me, uh, but. <laughs> By the way, did you see John Lester somehow won a game that he was down? He was struggling in the first inning. John Lester, I see, he he won a game seventeen to eight, having been down, I think, six nothing. Wow, <laughs> might have only been three nothing, but but it was one of those like it was from the very first inning. It looked like one of those games where Lester doesn't have it, and he's just gonna he's just gonna keep. He, he was all he could have gotten out of. He shouldn't have gotten the first run scored, and he can get out of the inning with. Then he can get out with just one, and then all of a sudden, it's a little thing that just bloops in, and you know, it's like there should have been a call third strike, but there wasn't, and instead now there's a bases clearing double that just gets by, and all of a sudden it's three runs, and it just looks like everything is blowing up in his face. We were laughing that you know. He had to be doomed, but when you know he got the he got the win, seventeen to eight. Well, and uh, there was a Lester esque. Remember how he couldn't throw to first base with one of the Pirates today? It was the weirdest thing. So Clint Hurdles in the dugout. He wants to contest to see if the runner that scored actually touched third base. So right. he has his pitcher from the mound throw to third, except for he throws it 
10, 15 feet above the third baseman's head, and then the, the guy on third just walks home, scores. Like, that's uh, never really seen that. That's what's great about baseball. Every day, uh, seems like something like that pops up you've never seen before. But, I, dude, I wanted, I did, I did want to touch briefly on the Chiefs because, um, let's do it. I was listening to the pregame on the rate, uh, the on one hundred one, the Fox, the home of yeah. your Kansas City Chiefs for over thirty yes. years. Um, but they do a good pregame; it's very you know in depth and all that kind of stuff. And uh, oh shit! Sorry, I just got distracted. They're running, they're running the Patriots highlights, but. So anyway, a lot of highlights, by the way, give it up for Jamie Collins returning two interceptions, one for a pick six. Uh, by the way, the Dolphins, with six seconds left to go, uh, decided to call a timeout and try to score so they would not be shut out. That shit was intercepted. Game ended on interception. Fuck the Dolphins for trying to. It's like, look, just take a knee and go home. You're trying to not feel bad about yourself will make you feel worse. And by the way, that's the second week in a row. Mike Tomlin did something similar. Like for some reason he stopped the clock because they were trying to go for a touchdown or something at the end. And then Belichick called a timeout to set the defense for it because he was like, you know, if you're going to be bullshit, I'll be bullshit with you. Uh, Belichick not giving away cheap, tight, cheap plays. Last play of the game. You guys can check me on this. Very interesting. So did Kraft get a rub and tuck while he was down there? Dude, it was a happy ending. I'll okay. say that. It was a very happy ending. You could absolutely – and I was nervous. I'm nervous about the game. The Patriots never play well in Miami. I'm sorry. I'm so – let me go back. We're talking Chiefs. You were listening on The Beat, 101 The Beat. Uh, the, the Box. Fox, home of classic rock and roll, Harrisonville, Kansas City. Um, but these guys have all been doing the radio there for 20-some, you know, forever. You decades got it. and decades. And – for the entire two-hour show, all they did was shit on Oakland Coliseum. How old it was, how they <laughs> they had the same cup taped to the roof of the press box for five straight seasons and then <laughs> replaced it with an up-to-date Pepsi logo cup for another four or five seasons before it finally disappeared. Just to catch drips coming out <laughs> from the roof. and just, Oh, my God. It just it got to the point where I'm just sitting there listening, going, "Yeah, we get it." What are, you know? Can we get some more insight on how many how Pat's going to do today? But uh, I didn't you can't get that. enough Pat Mahomes. You get, let, let's talk about it seriously. You cannot get enough Pat Mahomes because I understand. You think I you think I couldn't just watch my? It's like the Patriots now also have this very interesting. There's like a oh my god, Julian Edelman is now the third option on this. I mean. I mean, uh, Philip Dorsett making amazing. Gordon? You know, that's the best thing that could have happened is now that he's just the fly on the wall. And right, he is the, not the biggest star on the team. That's very no, true. The reporters don't have time to stick around long enough to even get to Josh Gordon in the locker room. You know, no, they have brought in the amazing Antonio Brown show. That is, I mean, it is crazy. You know, Mahomes is exciting. I think, just like with with uh, Kyler Murray this shortstop baseball element, this kind of three-quarters, half-arm delivery that's an option, it kind of opens up these weird throws that aren't there for everybody else. And Sure. You know, whether 
whatever whatever that leads to touchdown it's about gaps it's about throwing lane it is about throwing lanes and maybe the best way to throw it's like is through these this is the best way to throw through these gaps it's like the the game and the blocking is evolving i mean in a way you could say it's a very choreographed ball, sumo ballet I mean, it's like, look at what the blocking is that these guys do on passing. It is a ver- version of sumo wrestling, is it not? I mean, you've got to be kind of quick on your feet. I, I, one thing they were saying on the pregame is that cars like got a 2.1 second release like after, after the first week. And so they were like, they were not allowing him to even get, have time to even closely, you know, get sacked, which... Whatever, you know, worked out for week one against the Broncos, but, you know, the Chiefs put him down. But I think with the quarterback play, though, with uh, with Mahomes or Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield, it's this weird kind of – people are cool with it. I don't think it would have flown ten years ago. And I really think, even though everyone shits on him and he kind of ruined his life, but Johnny Manziel. Like his freshman year, winning the Heisman, running all over the place, just flinging balls up in the air, um, really kind of opened everyone's eyes. And it's like, yeah, I guess why not? If you can do it, do it, you know. And everyone kind of loosened extended up. plays. It became that's also part of the game. Extended plays, rolling options, pass route trees. So I think it's about how people are breaking off routes and how that's that's what we're talking about with chemistry. That you know that people are going to be in certain windows at certain times. And so, in a weird way, Manziel's legacy isn't just like busted up Hollywood Hills parties with Paris Hilton and C and B level actors, you know, rappers that you might have on your Spotify playlist. You know, it's also this kind of unlock the door for this free flowing. Hey, if you can get it done, let's try it. Kind of, kind of. Uh, I don't know. I think that was. I think that was coming anyway with Russell Wilson, and I, I think that's uh, Michael Vick. And there's always been mobile quarterbacks, and Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Jackson. These things. These these guys were coming. Uh, I think that you know Manziel is a guy that pushed himself into a spotlight, and and you know what, I'm going to give it up. You know Brian Hoyer should have stayed. The Brian Hoyer was a good enough game manager. And they pushed, like, I believe that whoever the agents, powers that be, you know, like, because he was in a Snickers commercial with LeBron, that Johnny Manziel deserved to be a starter. And he didn't. And he failed. And he was put in too soon. He was put in a, it was like Ryan Leaf. It's like, maybe if Ryan Leaf had been brought along differently in a different system, you know, he is successful. You know what I mean? Like, isn't Tom Brady Tom Brady isn't Tom Brady only successful because he happens to be with Bill Belichick? Leaf actually you know I mean? said it Does... himself in in the, in the new Thirty for Thirty where he he go he says, "I never thought about playing in front of an All Pro lineman with a with the Hall of Fame running back and Marshall Falk and you know Marvin Harrison and he's he goes I just wanted to go to San Diego beaches and." hot girls he's from great falls montana you know and um yeah it's definitely a product of the system and then after watching that and then seeing philip rivers play this weekend i was I'm like isn't philip rivers what we all thought ryan leaf would be like yeah but you know it's also like didn't they shouldn't they look shouldn't they have kept drew Brees? i mean they're cousins right i mean they're the same they might be the same i think what you're person. saying 
Has anyone ever seen the two of them in the same room? I, I, I exactly, I really do see what you mean. It is weird. It, it, he, he did become the player that Ryan Leaf was supposed to be. That is, and they look the same in the face and the helmet. They, they got do. that weird buck, buck tooth, like pale white. You know, I went they to have the kind of like. The they, no, I mean, there's a kind of like you know when you know when the quarterback's giving you the hut hut. Uh, they, it's like his face looks white boy unlikable. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you don't like when he's when he's mad or angry. Like he looks like. You know, uh, Philip Rivers always looks like he'd be one of the bad, good-looking kids in the movies. Do you know what I'm saying? He's like the rich kid that the girls like, but then they set him up and, and you know, pretend that they like him, but squirt him with ketchup and mustard or paint. You know what I'm saying? Embarrass them. I think, yeah, he auditioned to play the punk kid that wears the raccoon skin hat um, in Christmas Story that always puts Yeah, on that him. is very true. He has jaundice. He had yellow eyes. He had yellow eyes. <laughs> but unfortunately, the Chargers lost this weekend, so now they're 1-1, one and one, and the Chiefs are 2 As are the Colts. By the way, don't sleep on those uh, Jacoby Brissett Colts, my friend. Although, Adam Vinatieri, this may be the last of Adam Vinatieri. She's 46 years old, and maybe we may have an announcement later today or maybe already, if we haven't seen it come out, that uh, he's retiring. It's it's out there. It's on the wire. Yeah, it's the same way um, I felt when um, Hanson retired for Detroit a couple years ago because he had kicked for 25 years. I remember pulling his rookie card in 92 over and over and over and over again. Thinking, <laughs> Why are they making so many kicker rookies and – <laughs> Can I get an Emmett Smith, please? Uh, but it makes you feel old, really. That's all it does. It's just another. Yeah, it's another one. <laughs> I mean, he, he's the oldest man in the league. He's only. I mean, by the way, I'm 47 right now. So it's only basically somebody who is like a junior in high school when I was a senior is still playing football. You know that makes me feel good. I'm just going to say that right now. And then Brady is still, I mean, Brady is like, he was a freshman in high school when I was a junior in college. You know what I'm saying? That makes me feel a little old. You know, I was out in L.A. for seven years when he enters the draft. Yeah. So, yeah. When you put it like that, yeah, definitely. Um, But we've had 20 years of of Brady, 20 years of Adam Vinatieri, 20 years of Adam Vinatieri on the Colts, if you can believe it. No. (laughs) Not on the Colts. I I mean, I'm sorry. He's just 20 years. He's been, but he's been on the Colts. He's been on the Colts a long time, like 10 years. Sorry. It was, I, I, but he he has, he's done that thing like, uh, like Carlton Fisk did, where Carlton Fisk played more games as a White Sox than a Red Sox, but he like goes in as a famous Red Sox, you know, whereas, Vinatieri is a Colt, but he has more rings as a Patriot. Does he have three with the Patriots and then one or two? Four, yeah. I mean, that was in one at one point you could actually say Brady and Vinatieri were almost like Kobe and Shaq. Where uh, I mean, it was it was Vinatieri that got the ring, the fourth ring first. You know, to, I mean, uh, and Tom Brady was denied in both, as we know, in two thousand eight and two thousand twelve. By the Giants, who I don't know if you know this, Schuster, the New York Giants are 0 2, and they are, what do they call it, a moribund franchise. Um, the guy yelling at the bar this past yes. weekend, what, 
Was he wearing a jersey? And if so, was it? I want to say Barkley. It's I, I will tell you that Sakon Barkley is. It's amazing the number of twenty six that it's like they just appeared. The number of Judge ninety nines is everywhere. It's like all Judge ninety nines and Sakon twenty sixes. I mean, it's Barclays. the same reason every kid at my elementary school in Kansas City. For some reason, had a Larry Johnson or Shaquille O'Neal champion replica basketball jersey that they wore religiously to fifth or sixth grade in '92. It just yeah. See, I just always wish. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's the like the rookie. great thing is like football jerseys are a better wear than the basketball. You know, we all would have loved to wear a Team USA, you know, Dream Team Bird Jordan Magic, but you know, they're basketball jerseys. So there's that whole underarm thing. The you know, shoulder revealed, you know, like, unless you really have guns, and even if you do have guns, are we really showing that? It's like, it never looks good. It never really no, looks you good. You go with the Paul Pierce shirt under every time. I mean, that's... that's <laughs> yeah, the Patrick Ewing at Georgetown look. Yeah, you can do that. You can go modern day, like a LaMelo ball, the full sleeve, all the way up to the wrist, if you'd like. Uh, I think that's coming. The full body suits that are really underneath, that's what's really going to happen. I think all the, you know, that's what that's what's coming since, uh, since like, the cat suits of, like, the of women's tennis. You know, it actually makes much more sense when you think about warming muscle groups and all that stuff. Well, I did, at some point, want to talk about some of the weird stuff that has happened over... That we dug well, up. I'd say this is I'd say this is a good time unless you have any more chief talk that we didn't really get to. I'm just excited for the seat. I mean, I guess it's fun. It's just what's what's going to happen next. And this, I mean, guys are getting touchdowns. I, I'm like, don't even know what who that guy is. I think I've maybe heard of that guy before, but whatever. They're scoring. No, but it's an like exciting time. Like she's, a, I think you're like me. Like I'm going to probably go after we're done. After we're done. I'm going to listen to some of – I actually listen to WEI for the local, like, pay, like I want to hear, you know, the post-press conference things, the, you know, the Monday breakdown. Like, I'm going to hear all these things. Like, I'm a little bit – it's like all, right now I'm on, I'm on consumer mode. I cannot get enough of what the Patriots are putting down. You could just keep – you could give it to me 24 – the next 12 hours straight, and I'm feeling you're the exact same way with Mahomes and the Chiefs. Am I wrong? It's just, it's like, it's having the soup, the MVP. I mean, I'm trying to think right now, the last time there would have been an MVP in Kansas City and the regular season in baseball or football. Um, I mean, I, I don't even know. I was going to say Montana, maybe, or maybe. Uh, oh, that's interesting. You know, it's, it's I couldn't even tell you. So just to have the number one guy, the LeBron. You, uh, just all the press. It's just nice to live in having the Tom Brady. Yes, having the Tom Brady. Yes, it's like having the reigning Super Bowl MVP is nice. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, there's some more stuff. Um, oh, real quick before I forget, um, I am going to Dallas on the 25th to go to a Rangers game before they tear Great. the stadium down. And Fantastic! So I want to put that out. Any listeners in Dallas, if you have any suggestions for restaurants, things to do, because I'm going to take the red eye in early and then fly back after the game. I'm only going to be in town for 12 hours. So, what's the best Ranger experience she's could have? If you guys could go to one place, 
my boys to get beer, some barbecue, whatever, you know, feed the she's, hook them up. Because I'll tell you guys, just so you know, Ranger fans that are listening, when she's came and visited the Mets, they went on a big win streak and got themselves. It's it's a good time. When uh, she's went to the Rumble Ponies of Binghamton, New York, their knuckleball pitcher went on a tear of winning five games in a row. You want she's on your feeling good about your when he visits your town because good things happen when she's comes to town and i was really thinking the best thing is waffle house and then maybe a tour of jerry's world next door it's right next to the stadium i'd like to do a tour of sportsaholics and waffle houses that's what i need because she's that's what we need to do we need we need sportsaholics to be sponsored by waffle house and do a tour of the south where we talk about college football, high school football, football of all kinds. Any new And we talk about being sportsaholics. What started? I'm talking being a waffleholic too. I just like waffle. Make sure you just get the the uh, walnuts in the waffle. That's the that's the. Uh, that's the key. Yeah, that's a lot better. Um, and then an extra butter. You want a cup of butter per half of the waffle because then they quarter it up in the press. So one cup. These half. are the tips, people. These are the tips. Yep. And then if you want to sprinkle extra sugar, brown sugar on top, go right ahead. It's delicious. Brown sugar is a real treat that is underestimated. Also cinnamon, everybody. Well, cinnamon. I, it stays crunchy. That's why on top of stuff, it gives a little extra texture. Oh. Um, it's also, if you cook bacon, say for 12 minutes, just throwing out some cooking tips here. Cook bacon for 12 minutes at, uh, let's just say, 375, 380. Let's like say that. that. So at about minute nine, ten, pull it out, sprinkle a, bu- a bunch of... Oh, you'll candy it. Put a bunch of brown sugar on top, a little bit of pepper, slide that back in for another two, two and a half minutes, pull it out, let it sit for 10, 15 minutes. Yep. Candied brown sugar peppered bacon. Amazing. Oh, oh my God. I'm going to try that. Look at that. Cooking tips with the sportsaholics, everybody. Hey, we can go anywhere with this. In fact... Um, to start with. By the way, Caesar, we actually should. I realized that just as you did it, it's like Caesar eats. I think I think you're giving tips for the best. Like, like, look, seriously, the best food I ever ate uh, at a ballpark was at the Kansas City Royals with that uh, fries and pulled pork in a batting helmet with pickles. And I think there's a point where Caesar, you know, food and you know, rest, uh, you know, uh, you know, restaurants, you know, ballparks, and you should give us uh, a tip for you know maybe like. A sandwich for the next game or something. That's what we're going to come up with on the, uh, tomorrow's episode, guys. When you come back on Tuesday, Caesar's going to give us a sandwich uh, for your na- a snack with Caesar. That's a new segment for coming tomorrow. Snacks with cheese. And this goes back to tell me what to do if you've got a if you've got a like a favorite uh, food item at Ranger Stadium that I can get. Suggest yep. that I'll happily go try it out. Unless it's we want to know what's your churro, what's your Fenway Frank, your Dodger dog. What is the spe- specific thing? What's your Speedy Binghamton, New York? What is the thing that you guys do more than anybody else? What's your cashew chicken, Springfield, Missouri? Right. Um, but don't be telling us. Don't be telling us, Texas, that we should be trying your Philly cheesesteak. You see what I'm saying? Don't be silly. Don't be silly. Don't be offering, well, we have the grass Boston clam chowder. You know what I mean? What Do the things that Texas Rangers and, and Texans did. Please, at Sportsaholics, Instagram, Twitter. Um, 
Well, okay, so historically, here's what we missed this weekend. A few important personal things for me. Bo Jackson sure. fan, huge growing up. Royals fan. Yes. But uh, September so 14th. So what happened, in, what happened today in Bo Jackson history? Well, it wasn't today. This was some of the stuff that happened over the weekend. Over the September weekend. 14th. Over the weekend in 1986. September 14th, 1986. Bo Jackson hits his very first Major League home run, which also ends up being a 475-foot home run. Um, do you know what's interesting about that? In Kauffman Stadium, so that was... Wow, do you want to know what else is interesting about that very day, September 14th, 1986? Jeez, you know what's interesting about that day? Uh, uh, the, the Red Sox have not lost Game 6 of the World Series in 1986, yet they have yet to play the ball has not gone through Buckner's legs. Nothing has bad has happened to Bill Buckner yet. That wow, we are I am so innocent at that moment everyone. I have just turned 50 I am about to I'm about to turn 15 years old. That's adorable. So I'd like to also wish uh, my 15-year-old self uh, good luck with that Buckner thing. It's going to bother you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be okay. Just hang in there. Uh, also, though, uh, she's this very same day, 1994, if you remember that, this was post-college. I was now living in Los Angeles. Uh, they canceled baseball on this day, 1990. Well, on, on the, over the weekend in 1994. September 14th. I guess that was on right. Saturday. That was, uh, they canceled. It was like the last, I think they lost close to 1,000 games. Um and I always yeah, but like too. that was like a big, big hurt was having a great year, and the Montreal Expos were having a year. Like that was really the Royals. Were time right could have there, maybe. Um, that's a real sliding doors where life could have gone differently for the Montreal Expos franchise for various careers. It's very interesting. Well, I was I always forget though that it kind of bled into the '95 season. Um, that year didn't even start till April 25th. That was the year the Braves finally win their World Series, but it was also the first year that they expanded the playoffs to include the uh, like the LDS, NLDS, ALDS series, which was great for baseball because it just yeah ninety five is the first expansion year. I mean, once you do that, you've got four more major markets interested in the season right. for the last you know six weeks that weren't before. Um, when I dug that up, I was kind of surprised when I read that. I was like, "Really? That's that new?" Um, and then of course, all right, here's one I have card. to, you know, teaser. Also, over the weekend, Saturday, uh, in 1868, golf's golf's first hole in one. I I need to know more about that. We might have to. I'm going to come back with more information about that in tomorrow's show. Because how could that really be the first hole in one in golf? Was uh, you know, a hundred and uh, whatever. Whenever right after slavery, slavery had only been three years ended. <laughs> Let's see, sixty-eight. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot of. Is that a hundred? Maybe American golf was invented when we putted into all the holes left in the ground by the Civil War. <laughs> yeah, they're like, and that cannonball is good. Three strokes. Um, September fourteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, this is a good day, everyone. I was gonna go ahead, please. Jeez. No, by all means. No, no, please tell the crowd. I want to hear you say it. Well, it's interesting because I'd never heard a peep about this, but his streak of 8,243 consecutive innings, that's 908 games, folks, is 
broken. And I'm like, what? I thought he broke the record in 94. Innings. I never even thought about the inning streak. Right. Not He's games annoying. played. All of his things are annoying. In fact, I wasn't enjoying that. I'm just glad. I'm glad when all of these things were broken. I, I just Cal Ripken just was like a succubus on the I Orioles mean, organization that ruined them for Cal, years. Like that award, both of those. That's like at the end of the school year, fourth grade. They're handing out awards, elementary school kid, and they're like, "All right, the Iron Man Award. You weren't absent any days. They're yeah, the least interesting best people I know." Goes to Gregory. Yeah. you know, it goes to yeah. Cal Ripken, and then like everyone's looking around like. And everyone's like, that's that kid's name? Because no one really knows them. He's like in the middle section by the wall. Sometimes you have to play sick, watch different strokes, and leave it to Beaver. You know what I'm saying? Make spaghetti by yourself. Watch Flipper. You have to watch Flipper, dude. You have to stay home, play sick. You know, it's freedom, guys. You have to be free wherever you can. Flipper? I'd also like to wish some happy birthdays over the weekend. Uh, Larry Brown, a player and coach, uh, was uh, born over the weekend Saturday in – and uh, Uncle Dan, Dan Marino, September 15th. Uh, on Sunday, September 15th, uh, you know, uh, taking care of the gloves to take care, take care of the hands to take care of you, Isotone, and spokesman Dan uh, Marino, my cousin, my uncle, my uh, my number namesake. I was, a, I was a dolphin before he was, but I changed my number to 13. I love Dan Marino, his red face angriness. Uh, I love the Marino name. I think he represents it well. He's totally in the Hall of Marinos. So, uh, Uncle Dan, uh, thank you so much for uh, everything you do for the family. Wish you would have won the big one. Uh, but uh, there you go. Uh, happy birthday to uh, cousin Uncle Dan Marino. <laughs> um, also, a happy birthday up for the September 15th, uh, Will, Will Shields. Um, it's actually. 11 days like he's like 11 days older than me guards in nfl history played for the chiefs hall of famer 11 days older than me that's what's crazy and then um i wanted to say too on the 15th and 19 not to jump back into historical stuff um do it we're on this day it's what happened this day born that's born dead or what happened cheese well september 15th if you give a shit about Pacific Coast League, which was the professional league out west before baseball. Well, let's say we do. What happened in the Dodgers? So you had um, the Pacific Coast League, and it it still exists now. It's the AAA kind of Western divisions. You know, it goes as far east as, you know, the Omaha Storm Chasers, but you got your Reno Aces and your uh, El Paso Chihuahuas and. Las Vegas, whatever their name is now. I think your Tacoma Rainiers, um, clubs like that. Sure. Uh, Utah uh, Bees, I believe. Is there, but the, all the ma- mid-major markets still operate in the Pacific Coast League. But in 1957, sadly, the San Francisco Seals played their last game, um, which is a team that I first learned about, actually, through a book called Teammates by David Halberstam, which follows the last few, I don't know, months of Ted Williams' life through the eyes of um, his friends. Well, it's Jimmy Dore. It's a, it's four friends. The teammates are uh, the little professor, Dom DiMaggio, who is Joe DiMaggio's brother, called the little professor. He wore glasses. Uh, uh, Pesky, yep. uh, Dore, and uh, and Williams. And, uh, and they go on a road trip. And uh, it's a great book if you haven't read it. And uh, Teammates by David Halverson. Great, great book. 
in, in reading that, it kind of opened up the door because I didn't know I didn't know anything about the DiMaggio brothers. There's Dom, yes, Joe, and Vince, and they all played major in the major leagues. Of course, Joe's the only one in the Hall of Fame, but still not bad. But they're all from San Francisco, and they all played for the San Francisco Seals in the Pacific Coast League as they were coming up um, and dominated, you know, the league, and it was. There's the Oakland Oaks across the bay. Those that's that was another legendary team in the Pacific Coast League. But the Los Angeles Angels. These are the original teams: Oakland Oaks, Los Angeles Angels, Portland Beavers, Seattle Indians. Um, this is back in 1903. I mean, they've been there long enough that their original stadium got burned down during the 1906 earthquake in San Francisco. Is how long? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a venerable, especially the DiMaggio brothers. It's a it's a big part of the history. It's a, it's all interesting stuff. I mean, Don DiMaggio isn't the Hall of Fame. He's in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. He's part of those uh, 1946 Red Sox that we just talked the other day had won the pennant. Uh, you're talking about the Ted Williams, uh, Pesky, and uh, very interesting, inter- interesting book. And David Alperstam also, guys, writes a great education of a coach about Bill Belichick. It's uh, If you guys like sports books, I can't recommend I can't recommend the Halberstam books enough. Oh, so is he like your version of of our Joe Posnowski, like our Kansas City guy? He's he's like a New England. No, well, David Halberstam is a is, is a writer. He writes on other bigger topics, and uh, but he you know he loves he loves sports too. So he does a couple of very interesting sports books. It's sort of like how money you know like Moneyball is written by Michael Lewis, who also does the guy he was the guy who wrote The Big Short and stuff like that. So okay. oh okay okay. Yeah, so you know, know what I mean? But um, also on the 16th in 2012, I forgot about the NHL lockout. It was actually their second lockout. I think they locked out in 04 <laughs> also. But <laughs> I know a lot of Bruins fans were just, you know, convinced they were just going to let you guys, you know, have a little bit longer offseason to celebrate that Stanley Cup championship from 11. That was a good one. We'll take we'll take that. We'll take. We had a little bit extra time with the cup. Uh, I will always be happy uh, for uh, an old. If you remember Austin from Boston, one of our correspondents on the show during uh, when we did that, uh, and he went. We had a great interview with Austin from Boston. He uh, his favorite player was Chara, and he uh, at the time he's a he's a grown uh, he's a young man yeah, now. He had braces with the with yeah, the and he gold. had the gold and black. We've been doing this sports allers for a while. There she's yeah, his teeth are straight now and old enough to yep. drink. He's all alcohol. grows up. He's all grows up. All grows up. Uh, By the way, also she's on on the death days. Uh, you know, we were talking about Frank Tinkers to Evers to Chance. Well, guess what, Frank Chance. Of Tinker's ever to chance, the first baseman Frank Chance died on uh, last Saturday, September fifteenth, in nineteen twenty-four. So it's uh, rest I was in so peace. So weird when that came up. I'm like, no, that's uh, you know, this is great. Learning a lot. So here, just that's know. going with, going with certain themes, and also, uh, guys, this is interesting. Uh, the Battle of Chavez Ravine uh, was a controversy surrounding. Uh, if you guys know, it's a great documentary about uh, the land that's the, uh, that was a uh, housing that was uh, given away to uh, the Dodger Stadium. Uh, kind of a big land scandal, land swindle. Uh, yeah, a lot of people moved out of their homes. Thing. Right, but it was also supposed to be for other low-income housing, and then it got swapped out. It was like a bait-and-switch kind of thing. And a lot of, a lot of fast stuff happened. Um, 
anyway happening uh, is the few that didn't leave i mean eric that that's about where you were with your old apartment in west hollywood you know uh, and i gotta tell you now remember dodger stadium is now the third oldest only after wrigley and fenway and you're talking about something that didn't open until 56 well, uh, and they and she's no, 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 there. No. You well, are. You're on your way to Dallas, and uh, you're saying that something that opened well after Dodger Stadium, the Rangers has already come and gone. Well, it was in '57. They didn't actually because remember they played two years in the Coliseum. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. '59. I think this is the fair 60th. enough. But that fair enough. So it's on the 60th year of Dodger I'm Stadium, but just, still, might as well get get. A, but in fifty, we'll get, let's get it right. Seven on September sixteenth. That's when L.A. Let's get the, it right. The absolutely uh, three hundred acre site for Chavez Ravine for the Dodgers. Um, and pretty much, they just uh, displaced all the the Mexican Americans. Like they had a big community that lived exactly where the stadium is, and so Caesar, give us the Dodger report. You're there in Los Angeles. Tell us what the fee. Give us what the it was Rams Day. Uh, the Rams were in town uh, playing a home game against uh, whoever they played. You know, tell us, give us the lay of the land. What was Sunday? What was the? What was your Sunday game day in Los Angeles? It was um, a little bit of Rams, and then just skipping around. It's just I don't want to watch the Rams game. It's just not. I don't care. Even 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 though they were in the Super Bowl last year. Iron just... Iron forgot. Who did the Rams play again? It's already it's already a blur to me. I can't even remember. Doesn't even See, matter. it didn't matter yet. And I watched part of that game. But there's a lot of in driving downtown they have you have your I would say historic now LA Coliseum nineteen eighty four Olympics billboard. Sure. It's got a flame design and neon and there's time and temperature it's been there since the olympics probably been there since 82 so coming up on 40 years and now with the new lafc they've built a brand new stadium right next to the coliseum right next to the 110 highway about a mile south of downtown incredible location and they've got huge lafc billboard TV monitors now about a half mile before and after as you approach the stadium and so it's just, it was the Saints and Drew Brees hurt his hand that's what happened that's so it's weird like I don't know it's there's a lot of soccer stuff I mean if the games are fun I mean people I don't know they talk I just see a lot of LAFC stuff that's kind of what's happening I mean they're Rams, there you go. That's report. That's the real stuff. LAFC. Yeah, you know, Dodge. As far as the Dodgers go, it's just it's World Series win or bust um, at this point. I mean, it'd be nice to get to the World Series, but I think, yeah, I, I mean, it's not like you're not going to lose fans just because you didn't win the World Series, but it's just. It's frustrating, but again, not as frustrating as being a Rays fan or a Miami Marlins fan. But sure, they've got. Well, I don't know the, Ma- the Miami. If you're a Marlins fan, they won. They've won two titles since they were since they started in the '90s, which isn't bad for a team that also completely every time it wins, it sells itself away. This time they sold themselves away without the winning. 
I mean, I, I'd say the fact that it's like, you know, right now you're trying not to be the Buffalo Bills. No. You know, no, and, that, and, and that's kind of where the Dodgers are right now entering, like, early Buffalo build-up. And that's why it's it's almost losing You don't want to go 0 for 3. You don't you want to go 0 for 3. Losing the LDS, which we learned earlier was inaugurated in 1995. Uh, it's the first year. That's right. That was expanded, uh, but yeah, and the Red Sox got swept by the Cleveland Indians. I hate it. World Series, then that's a the stat, then that's a history thing, um, right? Two in a row, whatever. People, right? Like the Red Sox aren't going to be in the playoffs, but I'm okay. Whereas the Dodger fans might have a real bumpy ride ahead of them. Yeah. I'm okay with. People already forgot the Rangers went to back to back World Series eight and nine years ago. Yeah, you know, dude. I find by the way the way people talk about the Mets, it's amazing. Like. I forgot until we went. I mean, it's like you guys beat the Mets, and I forget. And that was just 2015, and I forget that it was the Mets that you guys beat. Because I really th- I think more about the Gi- you guys losing to the Giants and then winning the next year. The, the opponent doesn't really matter to me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like when they talk about the Red Sox in 04, they talk about them beating the Yankees, and then they just went on and swept the Cardinals. But the big thing was the comeback against the Yankees. That's the better story. Like beating the Russians in 1980s is the miracle on ice. Then they happen to win the gold medal also. Yeah, that actually was just a street fight out by the bus before the game even started. <laughs> it carried over. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the Royals' new owner, That's uh, that'll be exciting. I know we talked about that last week. Yep. Uh, well, that's about it, man, as far as... I well, well, tomorrow's episode, I will have more information about the first hole-in-one in golf. I've got to get more on this. So we're going to hold that. Uh, so 1868 and 20... September 15th, 1868. I will... Eric's. that's Eric's job, and we will check all of you more tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Guys, until next time, I'm Eric Reno. That's John Cheezer. This is a train whistle. Stay obsessed. Stay obsessed. Gonna play out. This is Josh Heinrichs. This guy's incredible. Look it up. Josh Heinrichs. Here you go. Oh, Emergency splits. So-